Money. It affects our everyday life. But how do we make more of it? Manage it. And make sure we make the most of our money. Welcome to Money Mindful, a podcast to teach and support you as you learn to manage your money. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to the Money Mindful podcast. I am your host, Megan. I'm starting to get settled into our new life in New South Wales. I love how new everything feels. On the weekend, we catch the train into Circular Quay and explore Sydney, or we can drive to Wollongong and hang out at the beach. There's so many things to do, and everything is like a new adventure because we've never done it before. It's so fun. Today, we are going to be talking about money and shame. According to the Dictionary of Emotions by Patrick Michael Ryan, shame is an awareness of inadequacy or guilt. My Macquarie Dictionary states, it's the painful feeling arising from the consciousness of something dishonorable, improper, ridiculous, etc. done by oneself or another. Have you ever felt shame because of your money situation? There is often shame associated with not having enough money, but also interestingly, we can also feel shame for having money. It's a double-edged sword if we choose to think of it that way. Why do we feel shame when it comes to money? We're social creatures, us humans, and if we turn back to prehistoric times, being part of a tribe was literally essential to our survival, right? We worked together to hunt and gather food, and being ousted from the tribe could literally mean death. Fast forward to modern life, and in some respects, not a lot has changed. Have you ever been in a kid's playground? I mean, I'm a teacher, so I get exposed to the social aspect of children and groups. It's it's very similar, although not literally death. We might not need our tribe or peers to literally survive. We can simply go to the local supermarket when we need food. However, we are still very much connected to our peers and desire to be accepted. It's not going to kill us if we are socially rejected, but not fitting in for some people can feel like social suicide. No one wants to say no to going out with friends because they can't afford it. I mean, I know I don't. As humans, we are hardwired to seek connection and acceptance. No wonder we feel pressure to fit in and keep up with the Joneses, right? I distinctly remember a very uncomfortable encounter with a friend in my late teens. So we're going back about 100 years. Um, But funny enough, when I was thinking of this topic, this came to me and even though it happened so long ago, um, yeah, I still remember it. So I'd organized a barbecue at my house and one of my friends in inverted commas didn't show I was surprised and I asked what happened and they said that they were offended that I'd asked them to BYO their own meat to this barbecue I was having. 
at the time I was a student and I was living off about $20 a week. Uh, I was in a rental with my mum who was also struggling financially at that point in time. And I simply couldn't afford to host an event and pay for everything. But if my friends chipped in, it was totally doable. It's so surprising all this time later, even now as I write about it, I feel a little bit, I mean, not as I write about it, as I speak about it, I feel a little bit hot around my face, or maybe that's just because it's currently 40 degrees outside. I felt so ashamed that I couldn't afford to pay to host everything for a barbecue. And when I explained my financial circumstances, my friend was a little more understanding, but it was very awkward. And it's a situation I certainly didn't want to be in again. It made me feel unworthy, not good enough, and ultimately ashamed that I didn't have enough money to host a barbecue. In a completely opposite example, as part of my university degree, I lived and studied for some time in Yogyakarta in Indonesia. Sometimes my Indonesian friends called me gemuk, which is fat in Bahasa Indonesia. At first I was like, uh, excuse me, (laughs) but I grew to learn it wasn't actually really an insult. I used to hang out with some friends in their COS or what we call uh, student dorms and we would walk up to the local noodle shop to get Indomie, you know, those really cheap two-minute noodles. You You can get them from the supermarket here in Australia And if my friends had enough money, they would also get fried egg on top or some vegetables. Sometimes when I visited, I would bring a bag of apples that I'd bought at the supermarket. Everyone always wanted one. Now, in Western society, I'm considered a small person, but I always felt a little self-conscious in Indonesia. Most of my friends were super skinny and I felt huge compared to them, despite being Uh, what back then I would have been a size 10 or 8. Oh, body image, that's a whole other topic I won't get into now. One day it dawned on me that all my Indonesian friends weren't super skinny because they were cool and I wasn't, like I was the fat kid. (laughs) Um, They were super skinny because they couldn't afford the same healthy food that I could. This totally blew my mind as at the time I was able to study in Indonesia because the exchange rate was in my favor and it was incredibly cheap to live in Indonesia at that time. A meal might cost the equivalent of about 50 cents. I was on Study, which is a student allowance that some students are available, um, that some students are um, eligible, sorry, to get in Australia when they're studying full time. And that amount of money was enough to cover the amount of living and more in Indonesia. In Australia, however, financially on that same money, I was a struggling student and could barely get by on that same income. My thoughts about my financial circumstances compared to my Indonesian friends brought up many feelings, especially shame. Shame for having the money to buy apples at the supermarket when my friends could not. Shame for being able to jet set across the world in economy to study and live in another country. And shame for being gamuk because I could afford good food whenever I wanted it. Shame 
money and self-worth. Money can bring up many emotions, especially when we place so much importance on our financial standing. We value someone getting a respectable job, earning a good income, yet don't earn too much because then you're vulgar and rich and shouldn't be flaunting your wealth. What amount of money is the right amount of money to earn? How much do we need to not feel embarrassed from the lack of money? How much is too much? When we believe our spending has become wasteful and obscene, see what we do there? We shame ourselves for not having enough and we shame ourselves for having too much. It's crazy, right? And it's so interesting from the examples that I just gave that I was by no means wealthy. I was on Oz study, and yet my thoughts about money and um, due to the circumstances that I was in brought up all these feelings of shame. But it's all just the way you think about it. The good news about shame is that it's just a human emotion. Emotions are caused or triggered by what we think about something, and emotions are just a vibration in our body. We can change how we think about money and therefore change how we feel about money. What can we do to stop the shame around money? Ultimately, it all boils down to how we choose to think about money. But that can be easier said than done. The first way to change the way we think is to first identify what we are actually thinking So often we are unconscious to the thoughts we have about money that cause us so much pain, right? Take the time to write down your own money thoughts. What were you told as a kid? What did your parents teach you about money? What did you see or observe growing up? Did you hear thoughts like, oh, money doesn't grow on trees or we can't afford it? Rich people are, you know, insert whatever you think in in that spot. Second is to learn and accept that your self-worth has nothing to do with your financial worth. My coach gave me a great example once. She said that a baby is born 100% worthy. We don't think a baby's unworthy because they don't have the latest iPhone or earn a six-figure income. A baby and you and I are 100% worthy always. How much money we make is not a reflection of this. If you look closely, you might find that you may be connecting your self-worth with your financial worth. I know I certainly was and still do at times. I'm a work in progress, always. (laughs) I think I've said that a few times on the podcast before. Just like the shame researcher Brene Brown says, I'm sure you've heard of her. And if you haven't, oh my goodness, check her out. Just Google Brene Brown and she has done TED Talks and she's got all these books. She's amazing. One of the best ways to nip shame in the bud is to talk about it. So if you want to stop feeling shame around money, have more discussions with your partner, your family, and your friends about money. Money is literally just paper. Well, plastic in Australia. It's just a social construct we've made up. Money is a tool we use to represent the value we place on something. We collectively believe as a society that money has value. We agree together and we trust the value we put on money. But it's just 
symbolic. I mean, money in the bank is just numbers on a screen. When I see my bank balance on the computer, they don't literally have that amount of notes sitting aside in a little cabinet for me. It's just numbers on a screen that we agree and believe are worth something. Increasing your awareness around your thoughts about money allows for you to develop clarity on how you actually want to deliberately choose to think and feel about money. Imagine if we could all just talk freely about money without shame. I know I want my daughters to grow up with money confidence, to accept themselves as 100% worthy, period, to kick ass with making plenty of money because they choose to with no need to explain why, simply just because, no shame, no lack of worthiness, full transparency. Just speaking of my coach, she's a very successful coach and businesswoman who last year, I think, grew her business to 25 million. Pretty phenomenal. She was telling a story recently where she's part of this woman's business group now where to be part of the group, you have to be making more than $10 million in your business. And everyone in the group was having this discussion about, oh, don't tell people how much money you make. You know, people won't like it and people won't like you. And she was like, hell no. (laughs) You know, she said, I'm proud of my success and I'm proud of the money that I've made. And I totally agree with her sentiment. Why should we cut down tall poppies or be secretive or ashamed that we make a lot of money? I think we should be celebrating women's success in business and in life. Why on earth not? On that note, go ahead and talk about money with someone this week. I dare you. (laughs) All right. Until next week, if you want to stay connected, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook with the at Money Mindful podcast handle. If you want to start managing your money, and learning more about money, I have some great book resources on the website. You just need to go to www.moneymindful.com.au forward slash resources. And that's a great starting point to read books that are practical about money. I think that to change your money habits, you really need to work on your thoughts. But Also, as part of that, you do actually need to learn practical money management skills. So go ahead and check out the resource section. Until next time, have a great week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Money Mindful podcast. For more info, visit moneymindful.com.au. For future episodes, be sure to subscribe. And remember, the information in this podcast is of a general nature only and does not take into account your personal circumstances or goals. Please seek professional advice for your own financial needs. Remember to have fun along the way.